Hello, it's Brody. I love bringing mummification to you each week, and if you'd like to support me to keep doing that, you can make a once-off donation through the Acast supporter feature. There's no regular subscription, and your donation will help pay our music license, buy audio gear, and put fuel in my car so I can keep interviewing the amazing women who share their stories with us. There's a link in the show description and episode show notes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Mummification. I'm your host, Brody Matner. This podcast is a space for women and parents to talk about how they're feeling. And sometimes they feel like swearing. So this episode may not be suitable for young ears. Hello and welcome back. It is so nice to be here. I've really missed it over the last month or so and it is so nice to be chatting to women and sharing their stories with you again. This year I'll be taking on some more freelance producing work which means I'll be releasing episodes fortnightly instead of weekly and we've got some amazing women coming up uh, and hopefully some more dads to hear their perspectives as well. But to kick off the new season, today we have the wonderful Sophie Vice. Oh, shall we? Yeah, let's Great. do it. Sophie Vice is a triple threat. You're an actor, singer and dancer and you're currently in Frozen, the musical, and your mummy to seven-month-old Chloe. And I was thinking now that you're a mum, you're like a quadruple threat. <laughs> That's so true. Although I, I still call myself a triple threat because I don't know how good my dancing is. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely a bit of a juggle. It's a, it's a new skill to add. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I might put that in the CV. <laughs> um, thank you for chatting with me today. It's so nice. Thank you so much for having me. So if you were stuck on a desert island mm-hmm. and you could take a meal, a drink and a personal item, yep. what would they be? Okay, so my initial reaction was a cheese platter because I love a cheese platter, but I thought a sweaty cheddar and melted brie was not, not so good. <laughs> so um, I think I'll go for like a deluxe seafood platter, lobster, oysters, prawns, nice and cool and chilled and the lot. Um, to drink, not to go with the platter, but I definitely go coffee. I'm a big coffee drinker, so um, probably an iced iced latte just to keep things nice and cool. And um, personal item would have to be, I'd say, a portable speaker. Um, so I could have listened to lots of different music, 
podcasts, audiobooks kind of got me covered on lots of different fronts. Yep. At the moment, our, our only speaker in the house is always in Chloe's room playing her classical music. So it would be nice to just pop Have on your own <laughs> tunes and, and um, yeah, I think that would keep me company and keep me sane. So I was thinking the other day you had – Chloe in lockdown in Melbourne. Yes. During one of the many COVID yes, lockdowns. Yes, I, I, don't, I don't know which number it was. but um, And I had June nearly exactly a year before also in lockdown. Oh, great. Let's hope um, we're not doing it next year. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Um, what was, was bringing her home what you expected it to be? Um, well, I was out of the hospital six hours after I gave birth. So <laughs> um. It was that was kind of a mix of COVID times in terms of being out so quickly, and also I was in this really um, excellent program at the Royal Women's called the Cosmos Program. I don't know if you've heard of I it, um, because it's the public system. Um, you're often seeing lots of different midwives, and um, at each appointment, you don't have that consistency of care. So I was lucky enough to be put in that program with the one midwife who I saw for every appointment and she was at my birth, which was oh, that's really, nice. really amazing. Like I, I was so grateful that I could get into that program. Um, and But one of the premises of being accepted into that program was that you had to leave hospital quite quickly. Oh, wow, why? <laughs> I think – well. To be accepted, you had to be a low-risk pregnancy. Um, and I think because, you know, they have their their caseload of people and they need to sort of be able to move on to the next one, I guess. Yeah. But then the midwives came to our house every day for the oh, next, like, nice. four or five days, so which I actually kind of enjoyed because um, they could see us in our environment. They could yes. see where we were bathing Chloe, where she was sleeping, you know, I took mm. them up to my bedroom, was like, can you look at my stitches? <laughs> can yeah. I just pull down my pants? Can you? So I just felt a bit more relaxed in that way. The only downside from leaving hospital so quickly was I was shown for like 15 minutes how to breastfeed and I was like, oh, yeah. Um, got they, it. They, they've got it. Oh, she's she's latched. She's fine. You've got it. And then I don't know, it would have been like three or four weeks in, I had like severe nipple damage and then I got mastitis three times in a row um, and it was that was really hard. Yeah. I found the mastitis really, really, really mastitis hard. Mastitis is horrendous. Yeah, and it, it starts playing with your emotions as well, like, yeah. really badly. Um, and same thing, I just hadn't really – I'd done a lot of preparation for the birth, but I hadn't really thought about that side of things. So I felt maybe being rushed out because of COVID and all of that was a downside. But in terms of bringing her home, um, it was really nice to just have – that time with her and not the pressure to sort of rush out and introduce her to people or have people mm. over. Um, Drew and I are very social. So, you know, we probably would have, you know, finish a feed, pop her in the pram and go somewhere or, you know. So I yeah. felt like we had really good quality time to bond and to um, get to know each other, which was, which was really nice. It was hard because I was introducing her to people – in the rain, in the park, you know, because I did want her to still have those connections and stuff. But, yeah. you know, you'd literally be under a rotunda being like, here's my daughter. <laughs> it's a bit different from having people over or in hospital yeah. to kind of yeah. have a nice, quiet visit. Exactly. And I think I was really aware of that, of her, like, not um, having conversation and people in the house and yeah. – 
Drew went back to work after two weeks and I remember just thinking, oh, like I'm going to have to make sure she's hearing language. And so I would just tell her everything I was doing, <laughs> you know, which I know they say to do, but I just sort of did it flat out. I was like, I'm chopping my peach and here I am putting it in the microwave. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was that was um, interesting in, in, in that, on that front. But um, so there were definitely pros and cons. But um, it's interesting. Like, there's uh, I've been thinking about it. There's actually been a lot of good things that have come out of having her during the COVID times, but in a roundabout way. Like, yep. we had our mothers group all online. We didn't get to mm. meet in person or anything like that. Um, but then they made us break out because it's like 25 people in my mother's group. It was quite big. Mm. But we broke out into suburbs and then we, um, we ended up catching up with some of the mums in my, mum, in my, in my neighbourhood and we – I don't know if it was because we couldn't see our other friends who weren't in our five kilometres that we might have leaned on more yeah. during that early time, but we like formed this really tight bond really quickly because we kind of mightn't have had – that other friendship support that we would have had if we could have seen everyone. Yeah. And um, we'd sort of catch up once a week in the park and have wines. <laughs> it was really nice. That's so nice. I don't think those friendships and that support may have happened if we hadn't been, you know, confined in, in the COVID lockdowns and stuff. So, yeah. It's a bit of a double-edged sword. Mm. Baby COVID things, isn't it? It is, Yeah. Um, so with you working in stage shows predominantly, mm-hmm. yep. um, how did you navigate conception mm. around theatre contracts? Was that mm. tricky? Yeah, good question. It's really tricky. Um, a lot of times in musicals you're employed for maybe anywhere from what well, can be shorter contracts but normally around about 10 months to two years, two and a half years. So it's really tricky to know when's the right time to fall pregnant, you know. Um, my husband and I, I'd just been finishing doing a about almost two-year contract um, where we'd spent a lot of time apart and we sort of thought that we would start trying around the end of that contract. Um, but we were in different states, so it was a bit tricky to try. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, we did, we'd sort of book in as many flights as possible and, you know, I was really obsessed with tracking my ovulation to make sure, you know, and I was doing the peeing on the stick thing and it was not very romantic but I knew that we kind of had a limited window. Um, and it just wasn't really happening for us and then the opportunity of Frozen came up. The, the, actually, the whole rest of the cast had already been cast. Um, I wasn't really involved in the audition process from the start. But then um, there was an, a few plots still to be filled and I said to Drew, look, you know, should I go in for this? Like, just go in for it, see what happens. Um, and um, I went into it and we were sort of still trying at that point because that we hadn't – Frozen wasn't on our radar. Um, and then I got it and I sort of called him. I was in Sydney and he was in Melbourne. I was like, oh, gosh, you know, we're trying for a baby. Um I don't have to take this, you know, I want it like our relationship and is really important to us at this point, you know, and our, and our spending that time together and trying for a baby. But he's like, you know, I think you should absolutely take this. This is really exciting. 
I'll put my his 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 requalifying and to be an a, 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 um, electrician at the moment. He said I'll put that on hold and I'll come to Sydney with you, and we'll do the tour together and we'll actually spend some time together and I'll pick up some handyman work around there. But no more long distance. Let's do it together. So he came to Sydney, which was great. Um, that was the plan, but then Frozen was pushed back because of the lockdown. So it was meant to start in like March. Good pack. Good push back to October so we were like oh it's a big when you're trying to think about babies and stuff because we were going to maybe start trying later in the season so you know start the show yeah and then a bit later you know once they'd been there for eight or eight months or something like that we might start trying um so we're like oh what do we do so we sort of we thought we'll just be a bit less careful because it felt as it like we didn't even know if Frozen was going to happen. We, mm. it, it didn't even feel like anything was definite. Things yeah. were getting stopping and starting all the time and we just didn't know what was for sure and I just didn't want to have the regret of, oh, we'll just wait till we start, so we'll just wait till the end of the next contract and yeah. then, you know, it not be able to work out for us. So um, we were a bit less careful. I fell pregnant and then we realised that with that pregnancy I wasn't going to be able to start to do Frozen because that was going to, I would have been 20 weeks pregnant when rehearsals were starting. So we told the producers, <laughs> um, but we were a bit too hastily because then like a week later I had a, a miscarriage. <laughs> so again, like impossible to time everything. So then we told them, sorry, I still want to do I'm the I'm show. Back in, I'm back in. <laughs> so we were like, okay, Frozen's back on. But they were still, they were still ambiguous about, if it was going to happen because they just didn't know with all the restrictions and all the numbers and the caps on theatres and stuff. So we sort of were like, let's maybe just see. We've had a miscarriage. It might take us six, seven, eight months to fall pregnant again. We didn't know. It was pretty devastating, the miscarriage. So we were just like, we'll just How try. far along were you? I wasn't too far along. I was like eight, nine weeks. So not very, not too far. I don't know that <laughs> I've, I've not had a miscarriage, but mm. I imagine that it, Maybe it doesn't matter how far along you are because you know you're pregnant and then all of a yeah. sudden you yeah, you plan and you think and you imagine. Mm. Yeah. it's And even just the physical act of it happening is really scary and just, like, confronting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty, pretty, pretty devastating and, you know, we had a lot of wonderful support around us and even though I wouldn't, I wish that didn't happen. It was weird that it sort of all happened for like a reason because then I couldn't have started Frozen and Drew couldn't have come to Sydney with me and we had like a really special time being pregnant with Chloe in Sydney. So, yeah, we found out we were pregnant with Chloe on our second last day of hotel quarantine before rehearsal started for (laughs) Frozen. Um, So I had to do all of rehearsals with morning sickness and no one knew and I was sort of vomiting every morning and then rehearsing from 10 till 6 um, with all the international creators there sort of watching you and trying to remember new Corey and everything but I just did it because I had to. So <laughs> I was pretty nervous about telling them that I was pregnant mm. so soon after we'd started the show. I was – I felt really guilty. I don't know. I just felt like it was – inappropriate timing or something contractually is there I don't know if legally there can be but is there anything contractually like do you get in trouble if you 
leave no. early or no 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 that's just sort of not not, not for something like that yeah um and my the producers at frozen um have been have been so 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 supportive i told them after opening night and they were really great like straight away because they knew with the miscarriage that i kind of was still keen to work you know uh, that they, when I had told them first I was pregnant but I wanted to return the show, they knew that I was happy to be a working mum. Some people choose to have a baby and then maybe step away. They're just not right for them to be performing and being a mum. But they, they seemed to know. So I didn't even tell them, hey, I'm pregnant and I might want to have a break. They just said, great, okay, so you can tell us how long you think you'll be able to stay doing the show for pregnant. Um, we'll work off you, you know, Um and let's just keep having discussions week to week, check in how you're feeling and everything. And then you let us know within reason when you want to come back to the show. Because of the nature of the contract not being like an ongoing full-time position, I couldn't take a year off or Mm. eight months off. Um, It had, like, I I spoke to a few other mums in the industry who had done it and some had gone back like, eight weeks on certain shows or three months. Um, so I decided on four months or no, it was, sorry, it was four and a half months in the end um, to go back. So I had eight months off the actual show, but four of those months the show was actually not open because of mm. lockdown anyway. Um, so when you, you stopped working at 24 weeks yeah, pregnant? Yeah. Um, and was that because you were you physically felt like you couldn't or you just decided mm. – that was kind of the the amount I'd picked about at, at about fourteen fifteen weeks. I, I no one knew how my body was going to react to being pregnant or how when I was going to show. But from other mums who had done shows, that was around about the time they'd finished in terms of it not affecting the costumes too much. I mean, I understudy Elsa, so I don't think having a, a <laughs> Elsa singing "Let It Go" with a big belly might take on a different meaning. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, that was kind of when I'd got had some advice that like maybe it would work in terms of costumes because even that's the other thing to take into account was like even when I told them at about 13 weeks, a couple of weeks later, like none of my costumes fit around my ribs, like everything was expanding. Because you changed shape but in a, a, like a really weird way. Yeah, my tummy wasn't – I wasn't showing much there but like – my ribs are expanding so much and, like, my hips and things like that and all of our costumes are fully, like, corseted, boned um, things. And they were so accommodating. They were always letting out my ensemble costumes. But the Elsa costumes are worth so much money and are so um, delicate. So that wasn't really an option to, like, go. Alter it. Yeah, alter those. So it was – It was that was kind of when I decided to finish up and – I probably felt like I could have done a few weeks, but more weeks. But as soon as I got out of those costumes, it, it all hung out and <laughs> it was like, Chloe was like, thank goodness I can breathe in here. And then you did return at four and a half months postpartum? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Well, how, was your, how was your birth? Um, it was full on. But <laughs> it was fine. It was great. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. Um, I was pretty lucky though from um, – it, it went pretty smoothly. So um, I had been booked in for an induction because my um, 
I had the static fundal height where you like, you know, they measure, get the measuring tape out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that was what they were saying. You stopped growing four weeks in a row and we have no way of seeing inside what's happening. Um, so we're, we think that the baby's stopped growing in there. So we think you should be induced because you're very small for however many weeks you're meant to be. And it kind of... I was like, okay, um, you know, and, and some people were thinking it was just the way I was carrying or things like that. But I've been booked in for an induction and I was preparing myself mentally for that and I was a bit nervous about it. Um, and then I had this amazing induction massage with um, Mary de Pellegrin. Do you know her? No. She's on Canning Street. I highly recommend her for like pre-pregnancy and postnatal massage stuff. She's amazing. And she... I did this massage and I'd been feeling quite anxious about the birth before that and I was sort of like on Drew's back about like we're a team, we're going to do this together, <laughs> you and me, we've, we've, you know, if you've got the birth plan, do you know what to say? Like it's not just me by myself, we're doing this together and um, I remember going into the, into the massage and she sort of did a little meditation and halfway through I just sort of said, not in a rude way to Drew, but I was like you're actually doing this on your own. You don't need Drew. You've got this. This is he can't help you. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to do this by yourself. And then I came home that night. And I had a bath, and I was just doing a little like hypnobirthing. I did hypnobirthing course, hypnobirthing meditation, and then my waters broke naturally. Oh. <laughs> just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I so Drew was making lasagna. I said, just just. He's like, I haven't finished doing the layers. And I said, oh no no, it's fine. Like. They'll, we'll just pop in and then we'll be back and, you know, they'll just they'll just tell us that, you know, go and labour at home. And so I said, just finish it, do the layers of the lasagna. And we called my mum and dad, be like, we just put lasagna in the oven. If we don't call, if we're not home in an hour, can you go and take it out? <laughs> and we got there and by the time we got there, like, it had just progressed really quickly and I was, like, stripping off layers of clothing and the waiting room was so hot. Anyway, very long story short, um... By the time I waters, from the time I waters broke to when I gave birth was about ten and a half hours, and um, my midwife was there the whole time. And I, yeah, um, did a vaginal delivery and um, didn't have any pain meds and got it out. <laughs> Here she is. <laughs> Here she is. Had an episiotomy, all of that. So that was something I had to deal with in terms of recovery. Um, but it, it progressed pretty quickly. Yeah. So. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
And then, yeah, sorry, going back. So mm. you did then return at four and a half months. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. I imagine your job's really physically demanding. Mm. Yeah. How are your energy levels? Um, to be honest, not too, not too bad, actually. Um, Chloe's been a pretty good sleeper, touch wood. So I, I was, I was lucky enough that I wasn't getting too much disrupted sleep around about that time. Like when I went back to work a few weeks later, she started waking up a bit more during the night, but I felt okay with that. And in terms of physically, because I knew I was going back to work, I was sort of doing Pilates and, and exercising when she was asleep from pretty early on. So it's prepare myself. And I was doing my singing, let it go while she was asleep and in the next room and things like that. So yeah, I, I surprisingly was okay. I think That's it good. all is a haze, isn't it? You're yeah. like, <laughs> you sort of forget, but um, it was all right. And I think also because I finished work at 24 weeks pregnant, I actually had like eight months off yeah. from doing anything. Yeah. So I was kind of, it's different. Like it's so hard in our industry that you can't, you can't work until like you're 38 37 weeks pregnant like a lot of women do so I felt like I was ready to go back in that way mm. because I'd had so much time off and I was sort of bit, but that being said in the in the weeks leading up to going back I was pretty anxious about leaving her and I felt I kept thinking oh she's too young have we got a strong enough connection yet is she going to love me less like I was pretty anxious about that but then once I got back and it seemed to be going okay. It was all right. So, um, yeah, I kind of prepared myself physically and emotionally because I knew that I was going back at that time. Yeah. And when you're at work, do you mainly work at night? Um, it's a variety of things. So uh, we do eight shows a week. Yeah. Um, so that involves some double show days. So like on a Wednesday, a Saturday and a Sunday, we do two shows in a day. So that day normally looks like this <laughs> we, we we get up we do our morning feed and our morning awake time and she goes down and I get ready for work and everything and then she wakes up and I can feed her again before I go to work because I'm only a 10 minute bike ride away so I ride my bike in do the show and during that time she's if it's during the week she's looked after by my parents or my mother-in-law finish the show and I ride my bike back here and then she wakes up and I feed her again and we hang out and then I go back and do the evening show and then my husband's back from work at that point. So then he'll feed her and do bath time. And then by the time I finish that show, I come back and I dream feed her and then the day's over. <laughs> That's so full on. That schedule so, is I, so busy. I, but I, I kind of – I could make it easier for myself and, you know, get to work a bit earlier and my parents could give her the bottle. But And I don't know if I'm shooting myself in the foot or if I'm taking on too much, but I feel kind of – it's important to me that I spend this time with her if I can and that she's like only getting the bottle from someone else one feed of the day even when I'm doing two shows sort of thing. Yeah. So. And so you're still breastfeeding? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then, and then sometimes we have an evening show so I get to spend the whole day with her and I go into work at about quarter past five. Yeah. And so do you or did you – have to like pump at work <laughs> yes that- yeah yeah so 
I'm pretty lucky in that, you know, often in some corporate jobs you might have to find a room or yeah. a private room or a toilet to pump in. But because um, I'm in the ensemble, I share a dressing room with like 12 other women and we're all in the one space. And I asked them when I came in, I said, you know, I'm totally happy to pump in the toilet if you'd rather or I can just pump myself in this corner and they were so amazing they were like no absolutely you we're totally fine with it you pump here um so I just like everyone's walking around in their bra and undies anyway because yeah. that's just what theatre's like so I just sit there with my pump on <laughs> pump <away. laughs> but um the pumps um it's pretty funny they've actually made up a song to the rhythm of my pump <laughs> of course they because it's got that it's got that beat so they all have a little um they all sing along when the pump's on. So. Um, it's a pretty supportive workplace in that way. But um, I actually um, I actually have breastfed Chloe at work one day because I brought her in um, when we were doing this photo shoot thing and the only way I could be part of the photo shoot was if I brought her into work. And she was having a lovely time. She was in the Ergo Baby while I was doing my makeup and she was enjoying watching that. I had my wig cap on. And then I put her on the floor and the girls were playing with her and I went and got my wig and I had to breastfeed her. And um, I put her on, I had my wig and my full face and makeup and my eyelashes on, put her on the boob and she just looked up at me and she <laughs> burst into tears. She was like, who is this woman? <laughs> she was so freaked out. Even though the wig was the same colour as my hair, she was just like, It's a lot more hair. She was like... Is this stranger? She smells the same. My mum, but just look like her. She just looks a bit different. She looks like a drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, she's already had a few interesting experiences in that way. Um, now you're about to head off to Brisbane. Yes, um, and you're going to be there. Did you say for a year? Um, we're we're touring around Australia with the shows. We're just in Brisbane for three months, and okay. then we're going to tour around. To, yeah. Oh, how are you feeling about the move? Because you won't be near your family and Drew's family. Mm, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm sad that she'll be away from her grandparents, especially after COVID, like not seeing the grandparents as much, especially in those early days. Mm. And we haven't seen them as much as we would have liked. Um, but they're going to be coming up quite a bit to visit. But um, I'm actually looking forward to it because. Drew, my husband, is going to be um, putting on hold his sort of apprenticeship um, and he'll be picking up a bit of work but just sort of around our hours and when I'm home. So we'll be on the same sort of schedule, which we haven't been for a while. So I'm looking forward to some really good quality time in that way and um, just introducing her to a different environment and we're going to go on little holidays on our days off and really make the most of it um yeah I'll be sad for her to like leave her little mother's group buddies as well because you know we see them at once a week and having that interaction with other little babies is important so I'm a bit sad about that um but yeah I'm mostly happy about us just all being together as a little unit and having some special it's pretty like a once in a lifetime opportunity to go around Australia as a family and um for Drew to not be working as much is pretty awesome or in a fortunate position that we mm. can do that. And how do you feel about yourself um, in terms of your identity mm. now that you're seven months in? Oh. It's, it's, um, it's interesting. Like I was thinking a bit about that, about if I have felt a big shift, especially when I had her. And I think I really felt the big shift of 
that identity shift when I stopped working actually which was like earlier on in the pregnancy I found that really hard I found it really hard that I was sort of having to make that sacrifice even though I still had all this time left in my pregnancy and I generally I felt a bit at sea as to who I was without that and being physical and having my body was like a really big part of who I am and I resent Drew a bit for being able to go for like big bike rides or runs or like you know have that so I think that was a big shift for me um now I kind of I really love being a mum and I'm really loving this new chapter um I miss a lot of the freedoms of just being able to like just go to the go shopping and like spend time like I'm like I need new clothes but I'm like (laughs) I don't have time to just go and you know just take time for myself Mm. or go to an exercise class and because Drew's working it's not like he's working at home like a lot of other parents are so there's not much time for me at the moment um so I'm, so I'm sort of missing that and I'm finding that a struggle to find the time for myself. Mm. I'm still not really <laughs> giving myself that. Um, but I'm really loving this new chapter, to be honest. Yeah, it's nice. It is really – I find it really hard to find time for myself mm. too. Um, and like your work time doesn't count. No. you're on no. your own but you're doing something mm. else. Yeah, I've kind of – I was talking to a friend about it earlier on in, when Chloe was probably like three months old or something about how I kind of had given myself this pressure to, um, I don't know why, it wasn't like a conscious decision, but to be 100% present the whole time she was awake. Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, trying to help her development from like the moment she woke up to like the moment she went to sleep. Develop, so, develop. Yeah, yeah. I'll be like... Even when she was little, she'd, I put her in the bouncer and I'd be in the shower and I'd do like a three-act play whilst I was having a shower. She's, I'm like dancing and like entertaining her and then I'd read her a book and then we'd do a full-time in time and, you know, like. But then I realised, and she was actually the person that told me, because um, she's a psychologist actually and there's this, there's this, um, this doctor that had come up with this um, philosophy about the fact that they actually only need our attention. Like, obviously, they, we need to look after them and be in the same room and make sure they're not hitting their heads and stuff. But 30% of the time, like, in terms – in order to develop, it's called – it's called um, good enough parenting is great parenting is, like, the motto. Oh. Yeah. It's really interesting. And it's sort of – I'm still trying to sort of take that on board because I've noticed that when I do just leave her to just explore and – not have me around is when she does grow and develop and become independent, you know, and then it's like, okay, I can do my own thing and not feel guilty. Yeah. But I would just put this sort of pressure on myself to like, you can't even look at your phone. You can't even, if someone calls, you know, Chloe's awake, you can't answer the phone. Yeah. You know, and cause I just wanted to be like the best mum that I could for her. But I think that's been a big thing that I've been trying to, take on board at the moment is that leave her like give her space yeah well so they say and I'm not like citing anything I heard somewhere um yeah that it's good for them to be bored totally because then they yeah absolutely find something else to do 
And I know um, my three-year-old in particular, mm. you know, always wants me to play with her and be engaged. Yeah. But when I'm not, she tells her own stories. Mm. You know, and, and often that's really interesting because I can hear, like she'll talk yeah. about things that have just happened or, you know, a little story. Mm. And so it's like a really nice insight into what's happening for her without her having to tell me. Yeah. I so that. it's, yeah, it's nice when you can leave them a bit too. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, hard. It's hard to find that balance. But it, it makes it easier for you because then when they are asleep, you don't. You maybe you've already cleared the dishwasher, or you've already done something, yeah. so you can just do something from you for yourself. Yeah. So, I still find that hard. But <laughs> it probably sounds a bit crazy, but like, yeah, I'm just trying to give her a bit more space to give myself more space. Are you the kind of mum you thought you'd be? Um. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I've always been. Again, going back to the last sort of thing I was talking about, I've always been someone that sort of puts other people first and I think that's what I'm doing with Chloe um but I think I'm enjoying it even more than I thought I would that's nice yeah sometimes I feel bad saying that I'm enjoying it which is which is weird but like I don't know I think sometimes it's it's hard and everyone's circumstances are so different every baby's so different and some people have really tough first year and then it might be easier and who knows you know it might be hard down the track but I'm really, I'm really loving it, and um, I think, um, I'm, yeah, I, I think I'm proud of the mum that I'm being. I think I'm learning all the time. I'm learning to not be a helicopter mum. I'm like, oh, that's really hard. I'm bad at that. It's <laughs> like I've been a parent just as long as you have, <laughs> you know. But I think, and I think lately, I've been aware of. I think that's me trying to control the fact that I'm not that I'm not with her all the time it's like when I'm not with her this is me showing that I'm like actually still caring for her if I'm telling you what to do when she's not there yeah do you know what I mean yeah (laughs) that's my justification because I know it's awful (laughs) I know it's not good uh, for anyone um what surprised you or has anything surprised you um just like how much you love them it really hurts sometimes how much you love them and it's like it's just like it's just like your heart is like walking around out there you know like you just watch them um so yeah I've been surprised at the 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 joy and satisfaction I've got so early on I think yeah I've been surprised with that what else um, mastitis was a surprise. That was pretty awful. Yeah, that surprised me too. <laughs> that came out of the blue because we don't think about, about all of that stuff. I think now that I'm... as soon as you – like as soon as I said I've got mastitis, so many mm. women I knew were like, oh, yeah, yeah. I had that. I like, know. Like where, where was – why, yeah. why didn't you tell me? Exactly. Um, and now I feel like I might could write a PhD on it. Like <laughs> I know all the tips and the, <laughs> the tricks. Um, but – yeah, that was that's stressful at the start yeah, it's when you like awful. you know that you know and you need to drain the boob but it hurts so much and I'm glad to touch wood that I haven't had that for a while. Yeah. So that was a surprise. And what's something empowering that you would say to other mums? Um, I would say don't oh don't start with the negative. Don't start with the negative. <laughs> um, let yourself like your circumstances are your circumstances and don't um, compare yourself to anyone else. 
Um, I know that like when I was hanging out with my mother's group and they were all having a year off work and or and then they would go back to they were going to go back to work like one or two days a week. Um, I started feeling really guilty and that I was going back to work so early and I was really upset and it made me really upset at work at one point as well. But your circumstances, no, there's no sort of golden rule for everyone about when's the right time to go back to work. There's no golden rule about how your baby should sleep or, you know, like what to do with your baby. Like you just have to listen and to your, yourself, look at your circumstances and just sort of deal with them. That, the, the, my circumstances, well, I had to go back to four and a half months and I made that work for me and our situation and it's worked out really well. And that's not going to work for everyone, but you're doing the best job you can with the circumstances that you have. Yep. <laughs> thank you for chatting with me. Oh, it was so nice. You. It was so nice to hear your story. Oh, thanks, Brody. Thank you, Arthur. <laughs> thank you so much sophie for chatting with me today if you are currently in brisbane get yourself to frozen the show will be there for three months then following that adelaide there are a couple of links in the show notes where to get tickets for frozen information about cosmos at the royal women's in melbourne which is the birthing program sophie was a part of a link to melbourne pregnancy massage sophie mentions mary de pellegrin in the episode and highly recommends her for pre and postnatal massage and last but not least a link about why good enough parenting is great parenting Mummification is produced and hosted by me, Brodie Matner. Our beautiful music is composed by Ben Talbot Dunn. If you're enjoying the show, please rate, review and subscribe. You'll be notified when a new episode is released and it helps us reach new audiences, which in turn will hopefully help more women feel less alone. Thanks for listening. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.